Welcome to this week's episode of Football Neophytes Podcast. We're back uh, partially through the second week of the Premier League season. Gents, how are you holding up? Doing good. Uh, well, I mean, I guess I'm doing good. I'm not so good about my football team, but, you know, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'm alive is what I'm trying to say. I'm alive. It's hard, I, when, it's hard when you've got, like, football, like, soccer british football teams and then you've also got the emotions of your like american football team that you're dealing with and fantasy football so we're we're actually all coming into this a little different so it's hard to like peel back you know kyle and i are both 49er fans and half of our team is injured and uh so it's hard to like peel that back and then like just focus on on premier league but we're gonna do our best uh, Chris is in much better shape being a Cardinal fan. Well, here, here's how my new my new motto, though, guys, is no matter how bad your weekend was, it wasn't as bad as Fulham's. And that, <laughs> that kind of is a true statement I'm learning every weekend. So. That's true. I mean, my thing is that, yeah, I have the high of the Cardinals right now, but I have the low of what Manchester United played yesterday. So uh, I couldn't be just further polar opposites from each other right now. Yeah, that's true. Well, let's before we get into week two, because we're recording Sunday nights and dropping the pod on Monday mornings to create some consistency, I just want to go backwards to last Monday because Wolves had a great opening uh, week, 2-0 victory. Um, I was at home. My wife works on Mondays. Kids go to the in-laws. I had my, my work computer set up to watch the match literally at kickoff my doorbell rings and it's this guy from from our church stopping by uh he he does landscaping he was doing landscaping for our neighbor stops by to just chat so i'm sitting there chatting with him like trying not to look over my shoulder at, at the game but then you know you hear the announcer's voice in like inflect and so you turn around goal wolves and i'm like trying not to celebrate while i'm talking to this guy then a few minutes later another goal then he leaves after eight minutes and i miss both wolves goals so it's a great start they look good defense looks solid i'm very excited about the start to the wolves year we'll see if that can continue tomorrow as they face city um the other big wolves news before we get in is they sold diogo jata to Liverpool over the weekend. It was a little surprising. The Wolves have been pretty secretive, which I'm a huge fan of actually from a, from a sports perspective. I like when teams keep things close to their chest and you don't really know what's going on. It can be nerve wracking as a fan, but um, Wolves so, sold Jota to Liverpool, 45 million pounds. It's an enormous sale for a, a club wolf size, but what's, better is that they also signed a guy a young 18 year old de defender right back from liverpool uh and it looks like they're gonna sign a guy from barca a right back from barca for 35 million so they're just taking that money they got for jada and reinvesting it so i'm very excited uh for the moves the wol wolves have made and We'll see. We'll see. Those guys won't play tomorrow, obviously, but we'll see how they can do against City. 
Feels like Liverpool overpaid by like thirty-five million. Come on, you don't know anything, Chris Smith. Yeah. No, Jota's twenty-three. I mean, he scored I think fourteen goals last year in all competitions. His big knock is that he doesn't. Um, he's not consistent. So he scores in like bursts. That's so. a big knock. Like, like we're just gonna dismiss that like it's nothing. Like he's just not that consistent. But other than that, he's awesome. He hit 14 goals is not nothing, Chris. I, you're right. Um, That's actually a significant amount of goals. So he scored like Jason Greenwood did. outscored him in less playing time as a 17 year old. And what did he do yesterday? Uh, well, they lost. I know. And didn't well, he sit he didn't on the start. bench? Well, he well he started on the bench because I don't know if you know the story. Maybe you saw it, I but uh, he was supposed to play for the English national team in in their. Oh conference. yeah. And him and another youngster on the English squad invited some ladies back to their room, which was a breach of their national team agreement, uh, breaching COVID protocols, and both of them got kicked off the squad. So he got sent back to Manchester United after getting kicked off that squad. And I don't know if it was some kind of a punishment for him to not start the game. I mean, we will hopefully we'll get into how terrible Ole is as a manager and his starting lineup for yesterday's game. Uh, in a little bit, but um, yeah, Mason Greenwood rode the bench to start the game. <laughs> That's true. You know, those women, they'll get you. They'll they get will. You trouble. Well, let's talk about some of the matches from this weekend. Um, obviously, the big match was uh, Chelsea Liverpool today. Um, Liverpool wins 2 0. Red card. <laughs> the end of the first half obviously changes things um you guys saw you guys saw the red card right it was great <laughs> great tackle awesome. i mean just a great tackle perfect for a sunday sunday morning i'm pretty sure the rules are you play the body right you don't need to play the ball yeah well kyle i don't know if you know this but act i don't think he got the red card for the tackle which is crazy Huh. I think okay. he got the red card for stopping a goal scoring chance. Yes. So anytime you do that, if there's a breakaway, if you grab a guy's arm and even like just knock him off course a little bit, it's a red card. So, um, or should be a red card. So I think initially he was given a yellow, right? Cause it went to VAR. I wasn't watching yeah. the match, but it went to VAR and they gave him a red. So, so, and the actual scoring decision was because he interrupted or disrupted a goal scoring chance. So <laughs> you would think a tackle like that is worth a red, but. Yeah. He, he made sure that he earned it one way or the other. That's true. That's if you're going to get one, you might as well get a good one. That's right. Well, and the problem is like in the grand scheme of the game, you don't want to play Liverpool down a man. Like, that's just the worst thing you can do. You're basically just taking the L as soon as you go down a man against that, that squad. Of course, yeah. Um, can we talk about how <laughs> – there, there, there's a couple things I love. One is that Kepa, however you say his last name, is not no – No one says his last name. They just say Kepa. It's Kepa. And uh, he's not that good, but he's one of the highest-paid goalies in the entire world. Yeah, I think he is the highest-paid goalkeeper in the Premier League. Yeah, they gave him a seven-year, $70 million deal a couple years ago. Um, what I loved is the announcers, and this is, like, where it gets so different from American football, 
the announcers are just no filtered brutal and they were just reaming Keppa for especially that second goal that he gave up where you know essentially he kicked it right into Mane's foot and then Mane just <laughs> back in <laughs> but they were so brutal on how bad he is and how everything is going for him right now I was just dying laughing because there was just no filter on it it was just well there's another terrible play by Keppa another one to add to his list yeah that's been the big knock on Chelsea is that they need to bring in a new keeper but I mean, it doesn't. Have to hey, uh. Yeah. Um, here's something else. I mean, this was, is... sorry. Do we think he was trying to throw the match with that that second goal? I mean, he kicked it right to the guy. I. Uh, who yeah. knows? I mean, maybe he had some money on the the line. Right. He, he needed the over to cash. <laughs> he kind of had a he he blew that seventy mil. And he needed <laughs> to make a little bit more. Here's something that I think is interesting, and I don't, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out as the season goes on, but Chelsea was at home for that match, right? And when you're playing with no fans, it's a huge disadvantage. And so presuming that fans come back at some point in the season, which I know is a big presumption, it's, I think these early matches at home are going to really matter in the long run. Because now you got to go to Anfield. Chelsea's got to go to Anfield and play Liverpool there. And that's going to be in the second half of the season where potentially there's going to be, you know, a, a whole stadium full of fans. So I've been kind of keeping an eye on that man. You will, we'll get to, um, those were, those were two like pretty significant home home losses. Even thinking about wolves tomorrow against city, it's a home match where Molyneux is a really tough place to play. And, they lose that advantage against one of the best teams in, in the league. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out over the course of the season, these early matches, if you lose them at home, how that affects, affects this, the table later on. Chris, I know you've been dying to talk about um, Manchester United. Um, why, don't you, why don't you tell us your thoughts? And then, Kyle, that was the match you focused on, right? It was. But I'm, I'm anxious to hear what Chris has to say. <laughs> um, it's it's a good it's a good and a bad that we didn't record this yesterday during the game or even right after the game. Uh, I was pretty fired up. You know, you go to bed, you wake up the next day, and then your American football team wins, and it eases the the pain a little bit. But now we got to relive it. Um, <laughs> Overall, it was an absolutely atrocious performance by that squad. Uh, and it started, for me, it started even before the match with Ole's. That lineup was absolute rubbish. It was absolutely terrible. Um, I mean, what he said was that he was trying to give guys who came into camp a little bit late because either they were on, uh, you know, COVID-19 isolation or they were playing for their national teams and they came in a little bit late to training. So he wanted to give those guys a little bit of a break, um, which resulted in one of the most atrocious lineups I've ever seen him run out there. Not only that, he changed the formation from what he had been doing last year that was so successful at the end of last season. Uh, so he changed the formation, the shape of the, the squad, uh, the players he put in. I mean, look, Daniel James was okay at Swansea and, you know, he got a pretty decent transfer to come over here, but he's almost unplayable at this time. Like he is, he's not good. I don't know if it's a confidence thing for him 
he's still kind of a young guy, but uh, he can't play at this level. He, he scored three goals in his first, like, four matches last season, and he hasn't scored since. Mm. Um, and he's just so tentative. And I think that it, it, this might go back to just how Ole runs the squad is they're, they're – like, usually what you saw when Man, Manchester United was doing good last year, it was an attack. Um, they were a, they're, they're a counterattack team still. Um, but at least they were moving the ball fast and getting it going, you know, trying to get into the middle to Bruno or Pogba um, to swing it to the outsides. And when they become this team that kind of stands around and just pitter-patters back and forth or they wait too long, like there's a ton of waiting yesterday. Like they would pass it to a guy and, you know, Martial would just kind of stand at the corner of the box with it and let things develop. And then, it, you know, it just it, their squad doesn't work like that. And so – um, I don't know if that's a tactical thing that Ole needs to work on of like when they're at their best, they're moving the ball almost in like a triangle offense sort of way. Shout out to Phil Jackson. Um, but you know, when they, when you view the field and they play in triangles and kind of move it up the field within that system, it works really well. And they've got guys who can score it like nobody's business. And I'm sure hopefully please Lord, let them turn this around. But yesterday was just so bad. And it started with Ole's lineup and they looked sluggish. They looked not prepared. They looked disinterested in even playing. Um, and then you take into the fact that, you know, Daniel James is terrible. Victor Lindelof is terrible. I've been saying that since I started following this club, yet he starts every game at center back next to Harry Maguire. And, I mean, I could go on and on. This could be a really long pod because of that, but it was absolutely awful. I would be 100% okay with sacking Ole right now and bringing in a real manager. I don't – I'm never someone who whacks nostalgia. I don't care who you played for, what your legacy is here or there. Like, if you're just not getting the job done, we're moving on and we're bringing in someone who's good. Uh, there's some good managers available out there. And um, I wouldn't mind seeing that change happen sooner rather than later. Um, I also am tired of the front office kind of spinning their wheels on these transfers. Like, just get it done. Like, like wolves. Yeah. Get it done like wolves. That's, what people, that's what people all over the prem have been saying. Yeah. Get it yeah. done like the wolves get it done. That's all I hear. Um, but it's like every other big club is completing these deals. And it's like, if you're going to chase the big fish, you've got to be ready to play with the big boys and actually make these things happen. So it's like, I get it that you want to say, well, we're in the middle of a pandemic and I don't know if we should spend $120 million on a transfer for Jaden Sancho. But you knew that before you started pursuing him. You knew that before you started negotiations with him and his agent of what it's going to take to get him to sign with you should you complete the transfer. So now that you've crossed that hurdle, quit you know, quit dealing around and freaking get it done. Like close the deal. It's the same crap that they did last year. And it worked out where they've, you know, they did close the deal at the end of the day, but they didn't save any money on any of the, the transfers that they did. So it's like, why are you guys just pissing around so much? Like get the deal done or just walk away, but quit going back and forth. And, you know, I don't know how that plays into the psyche of the guys on the team, like what it would be like to be playing for a squad where they're constantly like, yeah, we might bring in this guy who plays your position. Um, you know, I don't know how that affects guys, but it seems like it would probably mess with you. So either get it done or walk away, but the front office is doing just as bad as always. Kyle, what were your impressions? You got, you watched, that was the match that you were kind of focusing on Manchester United and, and Crystal Palace. Yeah, man, Chris, I'm so sorry, bud. Um, 
But I think what he said, you know, really encapsulated, right? I don't know enough to know if Ole put a good lineup or a bad lineup out there. But what I what I observed was I don't even think he thought it was a good lineup. Uh, <laughs> he he was sitting back in those beautiful leather chairs that they got and was I think he thought the game was over before it started. He just looked disinterested. Um, and so that was one takeaway I had. Another one was, you know, in, in basketball, we have a saying, right, when, a, when a, you have a bunch of stars that go together, but they just don't mesh well, that it looks like a fantasy team. And watching Man U, um, that's how it felt. It felt like they had all these guys who looked like studs, but they didn't seem to, to go well together. And maybe that's kind of what Chris is talking about with some of the formations and, and lineup choices, but that definitely stood out to me. And, and then, you know, just really kudos to, to Crystal Palace. I mean, your, your team sounds like a gentleman's club, but they came to play. Uh, so really appreciated their effort. Um, one thing that was interesting to me that I, I wanted to kind of talk about, not exactly with what went on on the pitch, but um, was the makeup of Crystal Palace's team. So last week I watched Leeds, and they were almost entirely from England. And then Crystal Palace had a, a bunch of different guys from Senegal or Ivory Coast. So that really stood out. And then that got me looking at some of the other rosters in the Premier League. And like Wolves has a bunch of guys from Portugal, which I'm sure you, you know. Um, but my question to you guys is, what makes a team kind of choose their makeup, right? Why is Wolves so Portugal-centric? Um, why is a team like Leeds almost entirely from England? Um, and so on. Gosh, I, you know, I mean, I think each team is each team is different in the way they make up make up their club. And a side note, and I don't know the answer to this, um, and I'll I'll do a little research, but I do know that there is some like English requirement. Like you have to have a certain amount of like English players on your club, so you can't mm. be like all Portuguese as much as Wolves are trying to. Um, but but you see stuff like Wolves, for instance, their manager is Portuguese. Um, there's, this, there's this agent that he's friends with. And people are like always like, what's the deal with Jorge Mendez? Like, what deals is he pulling? But he, represents, he represented Jota. So that kind of flies in the face of some of the, like, people feel like there's some maybe collusion or something. But I don't even know the rules on that. But basically – Wolves just have a Portuguese manager and they love players from Portugal and they can get them for cheap. And so they have a ton of Portuguese guys and you can kind of imagine that, right? Like if, if I was on a club and I'm like, yeah, I got my buddy that I played with in the U 18s back in the States, check this guy out, you know? So I think, I think it, it kind of comes from that can happen. Other than that, I think it's, you know, they're just trying to put together the best squad they can for the, the money that they can afford. I don't, I think other than Wolves, you know, I don't know if there's many other teams in the league that stand out as being like particularly fond of a, a certain country, mm. but, but there are things like English players cost more. I've heard that like English players just cost more because they're more well-known. There's maybe hype from when they were, a U16, U18 player, 
And so they come with this extra cost. So if you can go and kind of cherry pick players from other countries and pay less for them and get the same quality, why not? Yeah, that makes sense. One more note on Man U. So watching the game as a neophyte, right? I'm, I'm just kind of trying to take it all in. And the, the player that stands out the most when you watch, Man U certainly, and then, you know, even on the other side of the ball was Paul Pogba. And, and by stand out, I mean, he just looks like a giant amongst boys out there. Um, and so, uh, you know, big build, tall. Um, and so I looked him up. He's 6'3", 185. And I looked up some American basketball players who are 6'3", 185-ish. So we got Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook, <laughs> and Steve Nash, which got me thinking, maybe you guys have had this conversation before, but which American athletes would be the best soccer players? Ooh, we have not had that conversation before. But Steve Nash played soccer growing up, right? And he's not American, but, you, oh, you know, you point. get the point. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> we've, adopted, we've adopted him. That's right. Shout out to Canada. Um, um, you know who it was? Kobe Bryant. Oh, mm. he was supposed to be great. Yeah. R.I.P. Yep. Yep. I Let's, think uh, oh, I ahead. think James Harden, right? He's already got the flopping down. So, yeah, he's fit <laughs> right in. Flopping. Uh, that's funny. Let's talk about a couple other matches. Um, Brighton, Hove Albion won 3-0. I just want to shout out this, this guy – uh, Lamptey. I don't even know his first name. I just, I watched him last, last Monday and he had a good performance today. That guy's a, that guy's a stud. So keep your eye out on him. He is. I actually noticed him at the, after the restart last year in, in a couple of games. I don't know why I was watching, you know, Brighton games. Uh, it's a dark time in my life, you know, in the lockdown. Um, but he is lightning fast. Dude. He is great with the ball. Yep. I think the thing that kills him is just the supporting cast he has is just not really existent. Uh, he was a guy that I saw last year, and I was like, if that guy gets transferred to a big club, holy crap. Yeah, Lamptey. That's a guy to look out for. Um, that's a big win for Brighton on the road at Newcastle. Um, Leicester with a 4-2 win today over Burnley. Um, Everton 5-2 yesterday against West Brom the bottom dweller um, Arsenal 2-1 West West Ham um, also a bottom dweller but Arsenal starting off good with six points and then but, Leeds United oh go ahead Chris I was gonna say that the Arsenal West Ham game was a lot closer than probably anyone thought it could be or should be I mean um, Arsenal scored in like the 85th minute yeah to win. Right. Like it, was, it was a close match the whole way through it was yeah yeah um, and then the final final mat or the final match um, before we talk about our performances of the week, Leeds Fulham another four three match. Leeds putting up four this time, allowing three in. Leeds dominated that match. I think I think we all watched we all watched some of that. I mean Leeds really like handled Fulham well for most of it. But then I went and took a shower. I don't know what the deal is. I just need to stay out of the room for goals to be scored. But I think it was. Four four one was it four one or yeah, it's four one it's four yeah. one. I went and jumped in the shower and I come back and it's four to three. Um, but still, I think Leeds is allowing goals, but they're putting goals up too. So they're a fun they're a fun team to watch. 
they're like Leeds is like Chelsea without the talent but on coke <laughs> they're like they they're such a fun squad to watch because they give up so many goals and they score so many goals like they're my must watch team right now and you know Nate and I we fall victim to this every start you know like being excited about Norwich and Tamu Puki um so this could just be another hey this is the beginning of the season like give it some time it's gonna run itself out but like their attacking style <laughs> is just it's cra- it's like Chelsea but more like they're just like just go 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 get them go go get the ball yeah yeah I did some quick math on them so the good news is they're on pace to score 133 goals which would be a record the bad news is they're on pace to give it up 133 yeah. goals <laughs> so they got to figure something out but they're exciting yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I would love to see – I mean, I don't – maybe I'm more self-aware, Kyle, because this is your first year watching Premier League, but it feels like there have been more goals scored in these first two weekends than totally. normal. So I'd like to look back. But I'm like, this is a great year for Kyle to join because I could imagine a 4-3 match being a lot more interesting to you than, than a, a 1-0 or a 0-0, a 0-0 match. You know what I think is crazy, though? Zero draws so far. Zero draws. That is – that's crazy. Yeah. It's uh, the best scenario for a yeah. uh, typical American neophyte like myself. Lots of goals and no ties, right? Those totally. are the biggest two things that we like to complain about. So, yes, I agree. Hey, remind me. We're not going to get to it this week because we have a different term of the week. But let me exp- – I'll – some episode in the future, we'll talk about why they're called draws and not ties. Perfect. All right. Okay. Finally, uh, the last match was this morning's early match Spurs five, Southampton two, uh, Sun with four goals, um, Harry Kane with four assists and a goal, and one pulled back also. A goal disallowed. That would have been a May. Four goals. Or four assists and two goals, that's a day. That's a day. That's a day. That's what this Spurs team can do. Um, I actually thought this game was going to be a draw. I liked the way Southampton played last week. Spurs looked like garbage last week. Um, but they came out and just they're – a, they're a fun team. If you've seen all or nothing, I think they're a really likable team. But, yeah, this 5-2, 5-2 shellacking on Southampton. Then tomorrow we got, uh, in the morning, Aston Villa against Sheffield United. Um, you can probably skip that match. Uh, but the Wolves play Man City in what could be the game of the week. Yeah, I mean, it's Wolves beat City both times they played them last year. There's only two teams who did that. Um, Wolves were one of them. Who was the other? Uh, I actually don't know. Manchester United. Was it? Yes. Man, you beat them both times. Okay, our, t- our boys taking it to City. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I really don't know what to expect. City's obviously great. I do know that they've got, I think, a handful of guys who aren't going to play tomorrow. I think Aguero's out. De Bruyne may be out. So they're going to be down. I mean, those are, those are big names. Those are big players. Um, Wolves at home, they don't have that home field advantage. But um, I think they, they certainly have a fighting chance. There's no doubt about that. What, uh, what station is that game on? Uh, I think it's Peacock. Yay. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the, let's talk about the goal of the week. Um, 
I, I, I actually, it's, it was from last, it was from Monday. So it's within our calendar week, but not this week. I had reached James's strike for Chelsea last week. Scorcher loved it. I think Chris, you had a different one. Yeah. That, that reach James goal was amazing, but it didn't happen this week. Um, I gave my goal of the week to Helder Costa of Leeds United, his first goal, just a beautiful little cross into him that he controlled with his left foot, one touch, and then bam, top post, beautiful goal. Yeah, that was, I mean, from that angle, that's, that's a remarkable goal. Short side, you know, left footed, hit the top of the, it hit the bottom of the top crossbar. Yeah. It was just, it was awesome. Yeah, it was a great, it was a great strike. Um, He's a former Wolf. He's a former Wolverhampton Wanderer. When I saw him score two goals yesterday, I tweeted out that I thought, this is what it must feel like to be like one of the big clubs in the Premier League because you've got another big club buying one of your players for $45 million. You've got former players scoring in other, like, on other Premier League teams, and you're not, like, mad about it. You're not like, crap, we let that one get away. You're like, yeah, we needed to sell him and get rid of him. He needed to move on. We needed to move on. And so I was like, oh, this is, this is what it must feel like for, for, the big, for the big teams. Well, let's – all right, I think this is next up then. I'm going to jump in here because I think that leads us into the term of the week. Okay. Right? Which is – there's a couple terms, but we're going to – I think it all fits together. Transfer or loan, or I heard you say sold earlier. Yep. And here's what – and I kind of understand, right? I can understand what those words mean generally. But – my question around the term of the week goes into what you're just describing, where the Wolves have this young up-and-coming guy, and they sell him or transfer him. You can help me on the terminology here, for for money, and then they go around, they turn around, and I guess buy another player for money. Yep. So one, like, why would they do that? And then two the point that you're talking about where this is all happening within the same league. I I don't, there's, I have some questions about that, but I'll let you guys kind of start us off. Yeah. So um, it's definitely a different system than, than America, but I think there's principles that, that are, that are similar. You have assets, right. And you have limited assets depending on what club you are. Those assets could be like, cash or it could be talent right in american sports it's pretty much only talent although cash may affect you eventually because you can't pay for your young guys but but here you've got kind of both that you're playing with and so but just like but just like um in american sports if you have multiple players at a certain position that you can't play them all, you're going to try and trade one. So that's the situation with Jota is the Wolves have a handful of guys who can play up front that are young, even younger than Jota actually. And, and youth matters. So if you can, you'll sell a guy who's younger for more right? Because he presumably is going to get better. So you'll see kind of outrageous transfer fees for guys who may be 18, 19 year old, because now you've got them under your control. 
and you can develop them and, and see them grow into your squad where a guy who's like maybe the sim, a similar talent, but he's 30, you're not going to get as much for him. So, so at 23, Jota is still young. Um, and he's really promising. So the wolves could get a good amount for him. And that was kind of when, when things started off on Saturday that Jota was going over to Liverpool. Um, initially the questions were, were they going to get 20 or 30 million? And you were kind of like wondering what was going to happen. So then when it was announced at 45, you're like, well, shit, that's, that's a lot of money. And you'll hear teams and you may hear this as you, as you follow certain clubs where, or if you, especially on Twitter, you'll follow like fans and you'll hear people be like, where's, why aren't they spending the money we got for so-and-so? Like the fans know like the in and out of the money. And so, so you can tell like the, the ambition of a club on whether or not they're spending the money they bring in. Are you spending the money you bring in or are you just holding on to it? And if you're holding on to it, then fans will get really frustrated because they want you to keep investing into the club and bringing new guys in. And so, um, so that's kind of, that's basically how, how, how transfers, how transfers work. There's also contracts. So those are totally separate. So Liverpool and Wolves could agree to 45 million for Jada, but he's now got to go and negotiate his personal contract, how he gets paid with Liverpool. So it's possible that two teams could agree on terms and then it not go through because the player can't agree to terms with the club. Usually they try and work those out at the same time so that you don't have that scenario take place. But so that, so that's one level. So the other thing that happens is you can have a player leave on what's called a free transfer. So um, William, William is a player for Arsenal. He was on Chelsea last year. They let his contract expire and he can go anywhere he wants for free. It's kind of bad business because Chelsea got no money for him and he just left and went to another club. So um, you'll often hear like, Oh, this, this particular player is in the last year of his contract. They need to eat. They need to renegotiate a contract with them. Even if they're going to sell it, you want to have control over him because once you don't, he leaves as a free agent, which is kind of unheard of. That's totally normal, you know, in, in American sports, but um, does that make sense? So, yeah, do when you transfer someone, do they always have to re renegotiate a contract or does that vary from time to time? Uh, I actually, I actually don't know how your current contract, I don't know what happens with that. I don't know what happened to Jada's like previous contract okay. We're using him as an example. And do they have a sit? Does the player have a say in whether or not they are transferred or not? Sometimes like mm -hmm. the better guys do. Yeah, probably better guy, you know, cause it starts to create just like in the, in, in American sports, if, a guy is like bitching and moaning and asking to be traded like that affects a clubhouse. So in the same way, you know, if there's a guy complaining, if you've watched all or nothing Spurs, you see that with Erickson. Um, 
where he's complaining and he wants to be be transferred and it's affecting him and the the squad so okay and how does that differ from a loan yeah that's great so a loan would be you have a young guy on your squad who needs playing time so he's 18 but he's never going to play for you right now but he's got tons of promise so you loan him out to another club typically at a lower division um, so Wolves have a guy, Morgan Gibbs White, who's kind of come in and out of the squad. He's never really like found a spot. So they, they loaned him out. I think he's at Swansea city in the championship championship and he's getting playing time. He's starting, he scored a goal his first match. Like it's really good for him and it's good for Wolves. Usually there's some negotiation on who's pays his salary. Is it 50, 50, 60, 40, if one team's covering the whole salary cause they just want him to get experience. The interesting thing that we learned last year, Chris, was with Dean Henderson, right? Dean Henderson is with Manchester United. He should be the starting goalie for Manchester United. (laughs) He may be by the end of the season. He may be by this weekend. Yeah, that's true. De Gea, the one thing I didn't touch on was how bad De Gea was in that game. Yeah. Keep going. So Dean Henderson, it was on loan to Sheffield United as their goalkeeper. So what's interesting about that, so typically you don't loan a player within the same division. Okay. So what's interesting about that is um, if, you ha- if you're playing a team where you've loaned the player out, he cannot play against you. Really? Okay. When, okay. when Man- Manchester United played Sheffield United, Dean Henderson couldn't be the goalkeeper. Because technically he's still on Manchester United's team, which makes sense. He wasn't allowed to put the hat on and get in goal. He had to sit on the bench. He had to sit on the bench. Okay, last question on this subject. Uh, okay. If you were – if you said, let's say in the Diago Jota one, yep. hey, thanks for the 45 mil, but that's not enough. We want your best 18U player too. Does that ever happen, like a trade? Some Sometimes, yeah. So there's hmm. – there's some stuff with Arsenal right now, and I forget. I was just reading about it before. I, uh, maybe Atletico Madrid. And there's some deal. And I even think that – because within this whole transfer with Jota to Liverpool, Wolves got um, this young 18-year-old Kajana Hoover, and that was announced first. Wolves got him for $9 million. And then – almost immediately after you hear Jota to Liverpool. It wasn't like a player transfer. It seems like the money is separate, especially with the way the Wolves are getting the money from Liverpool, uh, which we won't get into. But yes, you can include players in. It's, it's rare, but sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes that happens. Especially if they're expensive guys. You'll, you'll hear – clubs being like okay well we'll pay the fee and we'll take him on but we need you to take this guy back to kind of offset some of the salaries that are being exchanged and that's the financial fair play stuff that i don't really understand that's that's a whole nother Mm. level of man city got busted for it last year they were supposed to receive a champions league um, penalty and then it got overturned 
So there, there are some rules on how much money you can spend. It's not like salary caps. So, and that may play a role in the Jota thing. Cause I think, I think uh, Liverpool's playing paying wolves like 5 million a month for like nine months. And I think that might be a way to get around some, I, some financial fair play stuff. Again, I don't know enough about it to talk about it, but I do know that there's something that exists out there that like tries to limit how much money, how much money you can spend. Got it. Well said. Well said. I'm, I'm still working my way through it, but I appreciate yeah, that. There, the there's primer. a lot to work through. Chris? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you lead us into red cards? Red cards. Um, who should I talk about? Uh, we already talked about Christensen. Yep. Got the red card. Nice tackle. Uh, can I take this one? Um, because it was maybe my favorite red card of all time. I don't know. If you, I don't know if you saw it because it wasn't on our list. I put it on there. But uh, Eve Bissuma for Brighton. Yeah, I, I didn't see it till you put it on there. You're gonna want to YouTube this one. I did. I did so YouTube it. Donkey kicks a dude in the face. <laughs> it was my favorite red card I've ever seen. Um, yeah, he was kind of trying to play the ball but like super carelessly just threw a kick like behind him but into the air and just tags the dude in the face just straight donkey kicked him um that was my favorite red card of the weekend did you see kieran gibbs i don't remember who he he punched the guy (laughs) no i didn't see that but it's like a kind of a week it was like almost like it was almost like a push, but like a closed fisted push to the face. And I don't even, I don't even remember who he did it against, but the guy just falls to the ground as if he full on like cold cocked him. <laughs> it was pretty funny. I mean, it's for sure deserving of a red card, but um, yeah, it was right before the half. And then Billick, the, the manager. Yeah. That was the, the West Brom game, right? Yeah. And then the manager ended up getting a red card because yeah. He was arguing with the ref going into halftime, which I I don't understand what he was arguing about. Like it seemed like a pretty clear reason to give a red card. But yeah, then then the manager got got a red card and he was he was out. Yeah, I, I did see that one. It was ridiculous. Let's go straight into American Watch. Um Americans are leaving the Premier League in droves, it appears. Um we they started were so excited a week ago. <laughs> We're I know so we're so excited. so excited that like five or six, five or six Americans, Pulisic was coming back. So far there's been no Pulisic. Um, and now it looks like DeAndre Yedlin is on his way out at Newcastle to Bestikas, which I think is a great move for him. Bestikas is the top club in Turkey. They have another American guy there. He'll get a lot of playing time for them. They play in Europa almost every year wolves wolves played them last year in europa they're like a top european club so he'll get great good experience there um and then it looks like carter vickers is on his way out from spurs to bournemouth which is also good because he's not going to play for spurs um and he'll get good experience at bournemouth down in down in the championship so with those guys with those guys on their way out Tim Ream didn't play this weekend, which is not a surprise because he looked abysmal last weekend. Unless Pulisic plays, this could be a silent um, segment. 
Very well could be. I, hopefully he gets back out there. Yeah. And Americans are doing great across Europe. So there's a lot to be excited about with our American, American squad, the U.S. men's national soccer team. I'm excited for the youth and the great – I mean, they're getting such great experience. The, our best players are not playing in the MLS. They're all playing in Germany and a couple in Premier League and other top-flight top um, uh, football. So, so I, think, I think the future is bright for the U.S. of A. That's what I like to hear. I was pretty close to calling up James Harden and getting him to sign up for the U.S. national team. So, no, there's the. I think I really, I really think the future, the future is bright. That there, the guys, the guys seem to be playing, playing great with their respective clubs. And I think we actually dropped the ball because it's pretty obvious that LeBron James would be the best soccer player in the world if he wanted to play soccer. If he skipped being a dominant tight end in the NFL. Basically, LeBron could have done whatever he wanted. Truth. It's true. It's true. All right. Well, I'm excited to bring back one of my favorite segments from last year, and that is which club is real. Kyle, this is where Nate makes us look like asses. Well, it, yeah. I have to get creative because I've got to create my own British uh, – uh, football uh, English football league team names um so I probably look ridiculous as well it's not as bad as like the Welsh league the Welsh league teams are almost unpronounceable but maybe I'll throw some of those in in the future but so this is from all flights of of English football so even going below the second league so I went down into what's called the national football league ironically enough um but that's like below it's like barely professional so um but not all of these teams are that way so okay it's just simply a true or false for you guys okay here we go team one north end united i'm going true i'm going true false there's a team called south end united <laughs> All right. I think they're in the I think they're in uh league league two. All right. Next team, Scunthorpe. <laughs> Scunthorpe. I don't think you could have made that up. I'm saying true. Oh, I'm having flashbacks to the last time we played this. <laughs> and um I'm going false. That is not a real team. Scunthorpe is a real team. Scunthorpe. I also think they're in, in League Two. Okay. Next club up. Pennymore Town. Pennymore Town. Um, I'm going with uh, false because it would be Penny Lane Town. Ooh, Penny Lane Town. Okay. Kyle? Uh, I'm going to say false. You said false, Chris? Yeah. They're both false. It's actually Spennymore Town. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not Pennymore Town, it's Spennymore Town. You guys both get a point. Oh. I think, Kyle, you're up 2 1, right? I'm up 2 1. This sounds like the game I was playing with my daughter while she goes to the bathroom on the toilet. We we're trying to rhyme. And. Sometimes I come up with Penny Smenny. 
So it sounds like that. There we I go. Be good at it. All right, this is the final one. Chris can tie it or Kyle can seal it. Here we go. Newport County. Newport County. You want to go first, Kyle, or you want me to throw it out there? I'll go first. I'm going to say, man, I'm competitive. True. I'm going false. All right. It's true. Kyle wins 3-1. Newport County is actually the team that I play with in FIFA. I've brought them up from mm. I've brought them up from League Two all the way to the Premier League, not by playing with them, but only by simulating. So I'm just making transfers and making moves. So my goal <laughs> is to get them good enough to where I can play with them at the Premier League level, but I'm not quite yet, there yet. They do have Pulisic on their team though now. That that's actually one of our favorite video game things to do is you remember our San Diego trip, Nate, where we stayed at your sister's place? Yeah. Almost 20 years ago? Yes. It was uh, triple play baseball. It just came out on PS2, and I picked it up right before Nate and I got in the car to drive to San Diego, and we literally spent the entire weekend in San Diego sitting on his sister's couch, uh, simming season after season as a baseball GM. And uh, I think we simmed all the way from like 2002-ish all the way to like 2027. Yep. It was awesome. All right. Let's, let's look. We're going to jump into Lock It In where we predict our uh, – we make our picks for this upcoming week. But before we do, I just want to say, gentlemen, we all got our picks correct. I picked yeah. Arsenal to win. You guys both picked Leeds to win. Um, three for three this weekend. Good job, guys. Uh, so what are your picks for the week? What, who, who are you picking to win um, as a lock? Go for it, Kyle. Yeah, so at this point, I, I, I got to stick with my motto that no matter how bad your weekend is, it's better than Fulham's. And so I just look at who, who they're playing. And I picked that team. So Austin Villa over Fulham. Lock of the week. Lock of the week. Austin Villa over Fulham. Kyle, I love it. Um, it's, you got to go with what you know. You got to go with what you know. I, that that game is going to be a nail biter. It will be. Austin Villa is garbage the too. Of, the edge of your seat hoping Austin Villa takes it. Um, I am, I am taking Chelsea as my lock it in. Uh, they're playing West Brom. It, it kind of goes with Kyle's <laughs> motto of your weekend's probably not as bad as Fulham's. Um, my favorite tweet I saw over this last week was some guy making fun of people who were predicting like final table for the EPL league. And so in, in every slot he's, he put like, who cares what you think and there was an f word in there and it got all so it was 19 things about how stupid you are for even trying to predict it as 20 west brom so uh, i'm i'm sticking <laughs> i'm probably gonna pick against west brom for quite a while um you know because it's only fair yeah i well i am really low on west ham i think they're gonna get relegated this year and so i'm taking wolves over west ham which is surprising because Wolves have traditionally struggled against bottom tier teams, but it's kind of my motto of bet against West Ham. And so I'm going for it. I'm taking Wolves over West Ham. 
better get that right because you don't want your team to lose your lock it in. No, no, I don't. I don't at all. Uh, we got some exciting matches coming up this week. Um, to me, I'm really interested. There's maybe some like bigger ones, but the one to me that's maybe more not the big name clubs is Crystal Palace Everton. Crystal Palace and Everton both have six points. Um, and so I'm interested to see which of those teams is the real deal. Um, so Crystal Palace Everton is my, my match to watch this week. Nice. I, uh, I'm going with the big clubs. <clears throat> Excuse me. Arsenal is playing Liverpool this week. Probably the biggest match for, you know, what the final table can mean. Uh, that's a big one to watch. For sure. The other interesting one will be Leicester City versus Man City. Um, yeah. Depending on what happens tomorrow, um, if Man City pulls off the upset against Wolves, um, that <laughs> you guys don't even laugh. Um, if Man City beats Wolves, and that'll be another battle of two two teams with six points. Um, Leicester City tech technically in the lead they're number one in the league right now but if the if wolves win by four tomorrow you guys will be sitting at top of the table it's true i don't see that happening as much as i love wolves but um i'll take any victory against city i'll even take a point against city to be honest at this point yep kyle what match are you gonna watch uh next weekend what team are you gonna focus on yeah, so I think this next com upcoming weekend, I'm going to check out West Brom versus Chelsea, and I'll especially have an eye towards Chelsea. Um, I'm hoping that it's going to be the debut of my boy Christian, and I'm excited to see that. If, they're, if West Brom is as bad as Chris says they are, maybe he'll score some goals and have some exciting um, play on the field. So that's the game I'm tuning into. Great. Do you think we need to just say real quick, we're, we're almost an hour into this pod and we haven't even mentioned the Gareth Bale transfer to Spurs. Um, return. The return, return. To, the return to Spurs. It's funny to me because he's such a huge name in soccer and I think it just means so, so little in all honesty, but I guess we'll see. He, I mean, I don't know much about him other than his name, and he's supposed to be a great talent. He's he was at Barcelona, right? Uh, yes. Madrid. No, I don't. Know. This just says, he was at Real Madrid. He was at Real. I, I know it didn't go well for him there, so it'll be interesting to yeah. see if returning to Spurs is good. If Matinho can do anything with him. Yeah, I mean, Spurs Spurs are an interesting club, so it'll be interesting to watch out. Other than that, I got nothing else. That's it. All right, gents, we'll see you next week. Blazers out.